millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't know about you, but I often fancy a midweek beer. Or five. Only without having to deal with the anxiety the next morning. That's why Rule the Roost have partnered with Infinite Session for Sober October. I started exploring alcohol-free beers during lockdown, and this is when I first discovered Infinite Session, became a big fan of their IPA. So imagine my delight when I found out that the owners, Tom and Chris, are also Spurs fans. And, importantly for my ego, listeners of Rule the Roost. Small world. I've come to realise that it's often the taste of beer and the ritual of cracking open a tin to enjoy with the football that I'm craving rather than the alcohol itself. So whether you're on a health kick or want to be guilt-free and clear-headed for tomorrow's big meeting, with Infinite Session, you can still enjoy the same refreshing feeling of indulging in a craft beer, but with zero alcohol and no compromise on taste or quality. They're gluten-free, low-sugar, low-calorie, and for Sober October, you can save 20% off any purchases at infinitesession.com with the code RTR20. You can also find them in the alcohol-free aisle in your nearest Big Sainsbury's, but if you do want to take advantage of the offer, visit infinitesession.com and use the code RTR20. Up the Spurs! Hello everyone, welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. That was a that was a close call, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Joe? How are you doing, mate? Welcome back. Thanks for thanks for having me back, mate. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm good. I like I say, I'm. It was a close call. Like the the last, I would say, 15 minutes of that game against Luton were much more uncomfortable than they should have been, considering how the game started, what it promised to be. Wouldn't you say? Mm. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. Well, when we missed the first couple of chances, then I started to think, oh, okay, that this is what it's going to be. It's going to be one of those days. And it and it sort of almost was one of those days, really. Um, I don't know. I felt, weirdly, I, I didn't feel like super, super nervous at the end as much as I have done. And even like recent games, I felt really nervous. But this one, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is the sort of slow changing of the atmosphere in the place. But they had one, I mean, literally, I think the last time the, the ball was in our box, like the, like the last five seconds of the game or something. And that and I really, really thought they were going to score. Then that was like, oh, fuck's sake, fuck that. But it, the rest of the time, I was sort of calmer than I thought I would be, um, considering. But I definitely, when Richarlison missed the first couple of chances, you did just think, oh, well, obviously, obvious. <laughs> and because we and because we knew we would go top if we if we won, it had all of the ingredients that usually makes a sort of you know perfect perfect Tottenham storm of, of failure but I don't know we we, we got out of it to, to go a bit accidental Glenn Hoddle here there, there is a bit of a an aura around this team right there's 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 something different about them that I don't think many people who aren't Spurs fans yet fully appreciate because I see still there's a lot of the Spursy. I know they're top of the table at the moment, but they're not going to stay up there. They've been lucky to this point. I mean, I, I would definitely refute the fact that we've been lucky, but staying away from that type of stuff, 
just focusing on like what what I've seen as a as a Spurs fan, having watched us for you know as many years as I have done now, this does look and feel very very different, doesn't it? Or am I just looking for what's not there? No, I don't know. It's like it's like these players. No one's told them they're playing for Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Perfect. You don't get, you know what I mean? Like, Destiny's just like, doesn't, doesn't realise, that he doesn't realise what he's supposed to, that he's supposed to kick it into his own net in the last 15 minutes. Like, it, it, it's sort of mad, but, they, you know, we all feel very, you know, we've still got that sort of brittleness, like, in our DNA when we watch them, but the players just seem remarkably confident, and, you, you know, I imagine that that is coming from from the manager and the sort of the change in philosophy or outlook or whatever you want to see it but yeah they do look remarkably confident in what they're doing and I don't know maybe that's just because they play such a sort of well to you know to the untrained eye it seems like an incredibly risky brand of football anyway the way they play it out from the back and and so maybe they're just you know they just have just nerves of steel anyway so it's not affecting them but yeah they seem they seem very unbrittle which is incredible well because talking about kind of the naysayers if you like the 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 mainstream media the experts and all that um there's been a lot of talk in the wake of the Arsenal game and then especially the Liverpool game that has seemed to suggest that Spurs somehow got lucky in these two fixes. And these, mm-hmm. you know, we had these big tests against these big teams and VAR helped us in one and Arsenal. I, I don't really know what the excuses are there. But that's that's really not the way. I mean, we've, we've, we've seen exactly those fixtures play out time and time again and we see what happens in those. The Ars- I mean, the Arsenal game, for instance, looking at that in isolation, Spurs didn't seem to be that bothered very often in that. I mean, Arsenal got a penalty and they got a deflected goal. Mm. But I, th- I thought we coped with them pretty comfortably. And equally, the Liverpool game where everybody's kind of making a big mountain out of this VAR thing, which is fair enough. I do understand it. Liverpool did get robbed of a goal. But still, it was a goal in, the what, the 20-something minute? It wasn't a last-minute winner. And other than that, again, I don't feel that Liverpool really bothered us too much. So it's basically, to your point, I look at players like Adogi, Van der Ven, Romero, this kind of defensive bedrock that we certainly we suddenly have at the team. Vicario in goal as well. Mm. Like you say, these guys are just so untottenham. They in in these moments in these kind of crunch periods of games. Like I say, this fifteen minutes, this last fifteen minutes at Luton. How many times have we seen Dyer, Sanchez, whoever else in that position? Even Lloris, Let's be honest. You know, towards yeah. the tail end of his Tottenham career, just chuck a ball into the net in, in, in when they're under that much pressure. You're waiting for the goal to come from the opposition. But with these lot, it just doesn't it just doesn't seem to happen. And so much of that I think is about their mentality, but just their talent. They just seem to be like unbelievable players, right? I mean <laughs> Fabio Peretici, I mean he's he's got a bit of a mixed legacy at Tottenham, but <laughs> his signings seem to be all pretty much on point, don't they so far? Incredible. I mean, they, it, it is they're doing incredibly well, and I think there is a lot to be said for the fact that the the defense and the keeper are all are very very new and mostly sort of all started together. I mean, Romero's not been there low, you know, that long either, and and neither's Poro. But you've got all these guys that have just come in, and you know they don't have that sort of hoodoo on on them. That that sort of you know, yes, yeah, Sanchez and Dyer and Lloris from years and years of sort of experiencing 
you know, spursiness to put, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, Lloris always had that in him. I think he, yeah. he seemed like he, even in his greatest ever moment of his career or you know winning the world cup he still fucking <laughs> yeah. shut you know he still fucked up right at the end and it, you know, he can't help it and i think he was a brilliant servant for the club and all these cliches but he he just yeah he had it in him and they that it was that sort of i don't know it, it was sort of in their dna slightly that they thought yeah it's something's gonna go wrong and all of these guys have just come in and they just don't have it and it i you know it must be like and the best teams i think just assume that they'll come through it if they do their jobs properly look at all the greatest teams that you've watched and you know man united during the 90s or whatever they just they never seemed like it would even occur to them that they'd fuck it up and, and that's that sees what these players have it's just of course we're not going to this why would we we're professionals and we we know what we're doing and and yeah stuff you know things will happen and there'll be there'll be calamities but there are calamities for every team it's it, it i don't know i mean it's early days obviously but it, they they just seem very professional which is which is nice. <laughs> it's, it's funny to think that Larice is actually still there, isn't it? Like he's like a yeah. Jiggy's like a grumpy uncle at Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Sat there in the corner reading the paper while the kids are playing around him. You know, telling him to shut up. Like. <laughs> Smashed off his nut. Yeah, I mean, I really, I love Hugo, but I'm very glad that he's not our goalkeeper yeah. anymore. Which was, you know, odd because he was. Just such a you know he, he loved him but yeah it's i hope he gets another i mean he's on like hundreds of grand a week to sit around doing nothing so he's fine but it would be nice if he could go and go and you know finish his career somewhere somewhere nice in france south of france or something yeah nice. nice. he's, he's a nice lad isn't he you know yeah. he's i think you know a big, lovely wonderful place to go right oh, gorgeous um we're talking about the professionalism in the team now, one one little flag there, Joe. I would say is uh, Eve Basuma was he was he was a little bit silly in this one, right? I mean, that is I've got to yeah. say that is one of the worst worst performances I've ever seen in terms of the actual dive. Like the the acting on show there was not <laughs> yeah. not very good whatsoever, especially when you're on the yellow card. He's got credit in the bank though, hasn't he? I mean, I was annoyed with him in the moment, but he's got loads of credit in the bank. Surely with Tottenham. He, yeah, he does. It's a, it's a, it, you can't really defend it. And I think if, if he was a less popular player or even just a less, I mean, he's been one of the best players in, in the, in the league since yeah. starting. So he, 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 and we didn't lose, you know, so I think he's kind of got away with it and hopefully it will be okay against Fulham without him or what. So yeah, it's yeah you it's it's embarrassing and you can't you there's nothing you could say but because he's been so good you're just like all right once one time do you know what I mean? it's like what i say to my kids if they're like wait you can do this once <laughs> but if it happens again <laughs> then there'll be trouble it's because you got that didn't you earlier on in the season as well when Ange I think he turned up late for training didn't he on Ange's first day or something and oh really yeah and Pastor Cogley said look you know that's not that's not how it works here mate so if you want to be part of this team don't be late and he said he's never been late since it was it was something to that effect um I mean in the moment like I say it's very worrying it's unpleasant you don't ever want to be down to ten men especially when it's like you say one of your very best players. Can we now say in retrospect, though, that it was kind of a good test for the lads, for the lads as well, wasn't it, right? <laughs> Coming through, yeah. hostile away day, one of your best players has been sent off in the first half to still go yeah. on and win it. It's a good, good test of character. 
good test of mentality. Yeah, it's interesting as well. Obviously, having spent all week having to... The whole conversation around the Liverpool game was the fact that Liverpool were down to 10 and then nine men. And then so it's quite interesting that, that you know, suddenly it was a, a, a reverse of, of those fortunes. And um, yeah, I mean, you can sort of see it as that, like a different, a different kind of game. And, and there'll be lots of very different types of games over the season. And Luton away is a, I don't know, probably quite a specific atmosphere and a specific you know feeling in a team doing very sort of specific things so yeah I think it was a good test and and the fact that that you know we would it was still nil nil so we had to go and get the goal we had to defend it we had to do all that stuff and so hopefully uh hopefully everyone will have learned something particularly Basuma but the rest of the players I think as well will feel you know to, if we'd have gone there and won one nil it would have been, yeah, great. I mean, fine. We should have won by more. But to win it with 10 men probably feels, it's probably even more of a kind of psychological boost for the rest of the players. So, And good for Hoisberg as well to, to come on. And, yeah. and you know, some people are talking about he looked a bit sad at the back of the celebrations and stuff. And I, I feel a bit, so I feel like it would be nice. To, you know, you one of the things that it seems like Andrew's generally good at is making everyone feel a, a part of the, the team. And, and it would be nice for him as well to sort of, I don't know, feel like it, because he's going to be important. I mean, everyone's talking about we're going to sell him in January or something, but I, I, I do think he's an important part of this team, albeit off off the bench. Yeah, I do agree. He was he was actually particularly good, I thought, when he when he came on and he allowed Saar, I think, to to play a bit. He sort of split opinion a bit on the weekend, Saar. I thought he, I thought he started off a bit ropey. Was misplacing a few passes, but that second half when we were down to ten men, I thought he was he was brilliant. Have you been impressed with him so far, like as a young player coming through and everything? Yeah, I, I really have. I mean, I remember uh, was it against Palace or something under Conte when it was uh, maybe actually maybe it was in Arsenal. It was Arsenal. It, it was it was when our midfield were out and it was just going to be Saar and Skip. And, yeah. and there was this whole sort of hullabaloo about it's going to be these two young players. I remember him coming in and playing brilliantly and then never got and then never got any more game time again after that, after <laughs> Conte never played him again. So I've always, I've loved him and I've been looking forward to seeing him and I just think he's been a revelation this season. I think he's really good. I don't think he's, you know, there's definitely parts of his game that you feel still need work on, but, you know, he's, well, he's, I mean, he's like 20 or something, isn't he? Or like 21 or he's very young still. So, um, yeah, he's got, I mean, it, you know, great sort of, he gets around the pitch that he gets around the pitch his, his passes can occasionally be a bit erratic and he has a sort of tendency to shoot from distance and I don't know one day one of them one of them will go in and everyone will be over the moon but they haven't yet but uh, yeah no I really like him and he's he's sort of part of this all battling midfield that we've got it's again it feels very in a, a part of this team you look at the way the defence play and the way the midfield sort of link up with that it's very sort of swashbuckling and exciting and yeah he seems like a great guy as well oh, it's just exciting isn't it mate it's it's nice to just have Tottenham be quite good again and almost <laughs> I don't want to get complacent about it but for Spurs to be good and for us not to really have that lingering it reminds me of I remember the first period when we suddenly got Really good under Redknapp, for example. Mm. And I think that was the first... I think we're about the same age. Probably the first time in our lives, right, when you looked at Spurs and thought, we're actually a good team. This is really weird. <laughs> this is really strange. Yeah. And then when we're flying under Pochettino as well, there was that point when you could go into a game fairly confident that we'd put on, you know, 
a good performance, if you like. Um, and you could be fairly comfortable where we would win games. It's just it's just fun to watch, though, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah, actual fit. Right? It's just an enjoyable experience. You don't dread it. I mean, my uh, eldest, who's 12 now, and so he sort of got into football under Pochettino and then had this uh, this sort of mistaken idea that this is what it was just always like. So it's been interesting watching him, you know, experience, <laughs> experience the, the good times and then the bad times and now having the good times back. And, and it's, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's just, it, I mean, we, it's so enjoyable to watch. Like the football is so good and you do realise how important that is. And like, I mean, someone was sort of saying that we've got a very similar amount of points as we did under uh, last season at that at this point under Conte and I remember we started really well but it, every, the talk after every game was like well we've played shit and we've got really lucky and it, this is all going to fall apart sooner or later and, and, and it did but here I, I mean for all the talk of like the Liverpool goal that they should have had a goal um I don't think we have got lucky. I mean, there's, no. there are mo- like, I mean, there's, but there's moments in every game. Do you know what I mean? Fernandez like missed an absolute sitter against us in, in their game, and yeah, but if that goes in, it's different. But then, that, that happens. I mean, that that is just part of football. It's not luck. It's it's you know, it's just the nature of the sport. Um, I think we've completely earned everything we've done so far. It's and it's yeah. I mean, it's brilliant. It's and it's it's so exciting. With your lad getting to cheer on Destiny a doggy and the like, mate. Are you? Kind of regaling him with tales of Clive Wilson and Jason Dazell, Andy Sinton, and, and, and the lads. You know, <laughs> then I was like, "Yeah, let me tell you about the original South Korean Spurs legend, <laughs> Man Lee Young Pyo. Uh, yeah, real football. Um, yeah, took, yeah, Steve Malbronk, all the legends. Mate. <laughs> I mean, we've 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 earned it, mate. Like we have earned Spurs being good. If they do go on to do something this year, I'll be unashamedly just so obnoxious <laughs> about it yeah. like I, i'm not I'm not keeping that i'm not keeping but they, you, mate, they're starting to get arsenal and all that they are starting to get rattled again you know the thing is you know when they actually do perceive tottenham as a threat because they, I, I notice they start nibbling on tweets normally they just ignore <laughs> when i'm doing anything about like derisory tweets about north london forever and all that type of thing they'll just ignore it but now i'm getting the quote tweets from you know big arsenal accounts and all this type of stuff it's good yeah they know we're back mate. they know we're back <laughs> the, the north london forever though is that you just have a moment for that i was just the, the no the annoying thing is it does actually get in your head if you watch it it's like it's a fucking earworm and you sort of find yourself humming it there's a tragic what tragic tragic song for a tragic tragic club um but no i do think i generally do i mean it'll be really interesting to see what obviously what happens for the rest of the season and if it if it sort of falls off then you know we'll get it get it from all of them being like oh it was just a flash of the pan etc etc but you know i i mean i i know because i felt it last season with them when i was like overly compensating yeah. like oh they've just beaten crystal palace one nil acting like they've won the league and then but in, in, in the back of your mind you're like fuck they look really good yeah <laughs> and they look really good again this year which is which is annoying that was yeah. an annoying result but whatever don't care about them you know the the north london forever song by the way the the yeah. lad that wrote it and performed it, he's Linda Robson's son, Birds of a Feather, Linda Robson, which is <laughs> very random. Almost like, do you remember? Do you remember the probably in the mid to early noughties, that band Larue, um, 
The yeah. Oh, she was from the Bill. Wasn't she? Yeah, think of me, his daughter from the Bill. I can't even remember what her name. June June Ackland was it? June Ackland, the character's uh, was, name. Yeah, it might have been. Might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Sergeant June Ackland. There you go. Oh. Um, interesting. This is a sub subset of nineties uh, soap opera children. Nepo Nepo babies, isn't that the term Nepo. now? Yeah, yeah. I see it. North London Forever, the Nepo baby anthem. That's it. That's what we need to. That's how we need to attack this, mate. We need to get more. You know, I don't know. Whatever. Don't know what I'm on about. Um, let's let's forget about Arsenal. Let's talk about. I want to talk about the the two of the shining stars of this Luton performance and this team this mm-hmm. thus far this season, and that's Romero and Van de Ven. I mean. Mm. Just how, how how good are they, mate? How good are they? Because, I mean, this this is feeling like Vertonghen Alderweireld again, right? It has that feeling, man. It's, it feels like a brilliant... Because it does, it feels like a combination. Like, it feels like they both make each other better. Although we haven't seen much of, of Van der Ven without Romero. But there's definitely... There's definitely that I don't know. Just you sort of look at them together, and they have they just seem like yeah, this could be an iconic centre back pairing for you know for hopefully for years. And I mean, a lot's been made obviously of Romero. Sort of you know he's a vice captain and he's won the World Cup and he's calmed down and he's not going out to like you know commit GBH against you know everybody's he's sort of not getting that many cards and he you know and Van der Ven just because uh, I remember I was slightly sort of. Um, not disappointed, but obviously the, all the chat was about Van der Ven or Tap Sober, wasn't it? Like which, which one or both should we buy both or can we just get one? And I, I mean, I don't know anything about you know, and it's not like I'm out there scouting players from from the different leagues. But everyone was saying, oh, Tap Sober's the 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 one, the genuine one, and this other guy's like maybe the slightly a bit like with Vicario, it's like a oh, slightly cheaper option and a slightly less um proven. But I don't know, man. I mean, he's just come in and he is. It got all of these. Actually, you know, it just he reads the game so well. He's so strong. He's so fast. He's so bloody handsome as well. Um, <laughs> you know, the whole thing. He's, they're incredible. And it's, you know, that back four, um, it's exciting, man. It is so exciting. It really is. I mean, that, that for all the positivity, and I'm not, I'm not trying to take this down to like a, a neggy place, but for all of the positivity... The big fear has to be squad depth at Spurs, right? And I fear a big injury to either Van der Ven or Romero. You're talking about sort of seeing the pair of them without one another. We've seen Romero without Van der Ven, right? We've seen kind of where that ends up, and it does lead to those act of petulism, petulance, and him lashing out. Maybe, maybe the vice captaincy has ironed that out of him, but. He definitely looks like a much better player now with a solid centre-back partner. And, yeah. I mean, just, just hope we don't have to live in a world where we see that happen to either of them so, uh, this season anyway. You know, no Europe, no Carabao Cup now. Let's just focus on the league and just keep everyone nice and fit and happy and firing and leading Spurs onto the league title, right? Because uh, it's... <laughs> Is that yeah. too much to well, ask? Am I, you know, am no, I being? It's reasonable. It's a reasonable ask, you know. We... <laughs> I mean, but that'll listen. I mean, that will be the big thing, right? That's it's massive for us in terms of injuries and fitness, and you know, because yeah, our foot, our starting eleven look uh, incredible, look brilliant. They're like there'd be a you know match for anyone, 
Um, but yeah, there isn't, you do start to worry about squad depth. Um, you, you know, there aren't sort of, you look at the bench sometimes. And to be fair, we've had, you know, quite a couple of injuries recently. So the, the, but the bench has been looking a little thin and definitely there are some players that you just think are at the moment irreplaceable. But I guess that's the, you know, that's the case any season, right? I mean, you know, we talk about, when you know, January and wanting to make some upgrades and maybe it's just about making upgrades to the, the sort of the, the replacements to, for those positions. And you you look at sort of centre-back as a, as a definite one. Um, although I haven't really seen anything of um, the guy we, do we get him from Blackburn? The young... Uh, Ashley uh, Phillips. Ashley Phillips, yeah, I haven't seen it. Maybe he's he's made the incredible. bench a couple of times, I think. Um, and there's yeah. been some talk saying that he's really impressed in training, that he's way ahead of where they expected him to be, you know, all that type of thing. So who knows? Yeah. You just don't know. And like, and you get injury, you know, at any time. You know, as, as we speak, James Madison could be falling down his stairs, so you know, slipping <laughs> over his slippers. Or something. That would be very it's, Tottenham, wouldn't it? <laughs> incredibly tired of but it can happen you know we look at you know Bentancourt uh and we've already you know we've already had it with Perisic he was looking like he was a really useful member of the squad and he may never play for us again and um you know Solomon and um so yeah it's you fucking I don't know it's you just got to hope I guess but hopefully the lack of lack of Europe will you know will really help in that maybe we'll get knocked out of the FA Cup and in the first round, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I mean, it does seem that Ange is pretty responsible in terms of looking after the players. You know, we've seen the way he's been managing Son and Madison. He took Romero off really early in against Brentford because he he made the decision that he shouldn't carry on because he'd had a, a you know a, a knock on the head. So I do think it, it, you know in previous seasons we've seen like you know Harry Kane playing ninety five minutes every week even against you know, championship opposition or whatever, it just being run into the ground. Um and you see the way people like not to bring them up again, sorry. But like, you know, Arteta how he how he manages Saka, which is based on he's gonna like try to kill the kid, do you know what I mean? But uh, so yeah, hopefully that's something that is playing on Ange's mind and he's he's got an eye on that. Talking about freak injuries, I just it, it, it jogged my memory back to do you remember Santiago Canizar I had to Google which player it was. I couldn't remember who yeah. it was, but Santiago Canizares who was trying to make his his name as Spain's number one goalkeeper going into the 2002 World Cup. And he ruined his... He, he dropped a bottle of aftershave on his foot. And I think he... I can't remember what he did. Um, whether it was, you know, he broke bones in his foot or it was shards of glass in there or something. But yeah, he ruled him out of the World Cup when he was going to go in there as Spain's number one, I think. And uh, it may well be one of those the rest is history type moments of he could see us and everything coming in. But... Let's just hope none of we don't keep just no aftershave, nothing like that, lads. You yeah. know, you don't just keep, you know, no, I don't know. Just play Uno, just play Uno and be happy. Just play Uno, or just very well, the aftershave that you get in the sort of cheap plastic bottles, none of the good stuff, none of the Paco Rabat. No, <laughs> just, <laughs> the little, yeah, the little sachets you get in G, uh, GQ yeah. and stuff, you know what I mean? Just yeah, use yeah, those. Out the magazine. That's yeah, it. Just, exactly. just, just get all that, just get all that. But, you know, talk, talk about because so look, this is this is now confirmed Spurs' best ever start to a Premier League season. So we can wash away all the stuff about like, oh, well, it's just as good as Conte. He's and isn't really doing that good of a job. Best ever start to a Premier League season and our best ever start to a league season 
since you know a little season called 1960 1961 how much of this do you think they make because you're talking about Ange being you know cognizant of all of everything that's going on but how, how much of this do you think is is down to him as an individual his philosophy his approach his I guess his handling of the team the team talks some people talk about it being the best ever team talks and everything mm-hmm. and how much of it is down to just the personnel that we have or, or is it a perfect storm because I kind of I don't want to take anything away from Ange right but I do I, I feel he's obviously great but I do feel that like there's so many personalities in this squad now that weren't there last year that everything that we've been talking about to this point, players like Vicario, Doggy, Van de Ven, Romero, who has stepped up, Basuma, these lads, and Madison, especially, big one. These lads all seem to have this kind of real alpha winner, toxic in any other situation that isn't competitive sport mentalities, right? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I mean, I uh, I think you can't sort of obviously underestimate the 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 effect that having a, a a good manager obviously has. But like we've seen, you have to have the right manager for your club and for your players and for your setup and for your philosophy, right? And I don't know. I I think so much about football, not much about any sport, but football particularly is just. I think it's a series of mini narratives that are just kind of circling around each other. And I do think there is a bit of a perfect storm going on. If you look at Spurs, like you have, you know, we're on the back of a very sort of embarrassing public low point in our history when you've had, you know, you've had like our managers just coming out and slating us in press conferences, slating our players, slating our, just our DNA, basically, like who we are, you know, the way Conte is talking about us, you you know, you've got the sort of Stellini debacle, you've got, you know, the fact that our rivals are suddenly so good, and we're not just losing, we're looking, we're losing and we're boring, our best player, you know, maybe ever, desperate to go, all of this stuff, and, and suddenly so I think if you look at where we've been and where we are now, I do think things like actually Harry Kane leaving, and I'm not saying for a second it's a good thing that we've lost a player of that quality, but what's interesting is I think the effect that him leaving has had on other players, particularly Son, but you know, but the other players as well. But you know, Romero seems like an obvious example in terms of stepping up and being a bit more grown up about it. But you've you know, all these really hungry players coming in with something to prove. Vicario, I think, is a good example of like not the first choice. But you know, kind of a well, slightly under the radar, but this incredible player that's completely believes in himself. All of these guys, you know, and this very charismatic manager who believes in a a, a certain type of football. You know, bringing a whole new backroom staff. It it, it is. It, I don't know. It does feel like it's a great moment for this sort of slightly. I don't know if it's a redemp a redemption arc almost for the whole team, but it does feel like. You know, look at people like Son who had just the worst season ever, and the way he's now flying into this season. I think there is this, yeah. There's just, 
something about where we were and where we are. It feels like a culmination of, of, of a couple of different factors and Ange obviously being at the, at the forefront of that. I think the thing I, lo- I love about him is when you see him in even just those kind of throwaway you know, little interviews at the start on BT Sports or whatever, he just he just talks in such a straightforward and relatable fashion that you mm. you, you, you do because you know my, my my question to you at the start of this it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be leading I, I absolutely love the bloke I don't want to take anything away from him and I can only imagine the impact that must have on on a group of players who are young hungry ambitious who you know a couple of them have come out I think Van der Ven said it I think Madison said it maybe even Sonny has said something about the whole Spursy thing everybody talking about Spurs not winning stuff not getting things across the line and them talking about it in that, you know, they don't like that. They don't like hearing people talk about Spurs that way. And you can imagine, you can imagine that is just absolutely ripe for someone like Postacoglu to be like, just go and show all these fuckers. Go and show them who we are and what we're about. You know, don't don't let us be judged on a group of players five, ten years ago, what they have or haven't achieved. This is us now. We're going to do this, you know? I think he, And I think what he does is he creates a very sort of... Um a safe environment I mean I mean, he you know one of the sort of I mean this famous sort of uh interview with him when he's talking about uh, I can't remember if it was at Celtic or something but there was a there was a center back that it was like a derby and and this player gave the ball away and the opposition scored and then he did it again and it fucked up again and they think they scored again and sort of but Ange was talking about how that was actually a great moment in a way because it proved that the team were buying into his ideas and were willing, you know, to take those risks um, for him, even if even if it did go wrong. And I think that's just uh, to, to that sort of to the Spursiness sort of idea. I do think like, you know, he's he's obviously uncompromising and competitive and all these things. But I do think he creates an environment where players aren't terrified of mm. making a mistake, which is important. Um, and you look at. The, you know previous teams and previous regimes that we've had the players just look scared you know do you, just playing safe passes just to get the ball away from them because of the sort of ramifications from the mat you know Mourinho or Conte particularly um and that so I think that's one of the great things that Ange does is create a sort of comfortable it just creates a safe space for these players but he, I think he does and um yeah I don't know I think I, I, I do I, I think I think that's important but he's uh, he has this amazing ability to articulate the f- sort of things that you think in your head but can't put words to quite well. And you sort of listen to him talking, like, oh, that's exactly what I think about that. But yeah, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Find the words to it. And he just sort of comes out with it. He's a, he's a brilliant speaker. And I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it must be, it must be amazing to be those players getting like Friday Night Lights style fucking team motivational talks every game. You must just, yeah, they must want to run through a brick wall for him. It's great. Ending them on <laughs> enjoy lunch, you know. Uh, it's just <laughs> yeah. Everything about the bloke is just um. Uh, he's he's great. He is great, and uh, <laughs> he's he's a very good sport for going along with a lot of the, should we say, like the trappings of modern football. But you can yeah. see when he's having to do these, like I'm, you know, matey presenter from ad agency here with Ange Postacoglu to talk to him about his favourite FIFA player yeah his favourite FIFA teams and stuff you can see he's just like oh god you know like he's he's every one of us that are of a you know should we say past 30 years of age right he's yeah but 
<laughs> he is. He, he's a great. Yeah, he's he's a great sort of dad figure. I do think there's something innate in the psychology of Tottenham fans that there's one day someone should do some research into. But we just love a dad figure. We really you do, know, don't we? We really a Martin Yo a Pochettino. We just need we just need a big dad to come and make us feel better. But he's great. I mean, think about his career and all the places he's played in and he's worked his way up. And he's you know what is he almost sixty. Probably I think so, 57, I think, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, you know, uh, quite old, and relatively old, but he's, yeah, he's sort of mature and he, he feels like a grown-up, um, which is, yeah, what you need. A lot of life experience as well. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. We A lot was made of, and I'm guilty of that, a lot was made of his lack of, say, Premier League experience and all that type of thing. But when, what was it? I think it was the the whatever it was the fans the AGM thing and stuff when Levy's saying you know well we tried bringing in the managers that are the serial winners and now we're going with a different kind of different tag and you can see I'm just sat there thinking I want a fucking treble last year mate like what are you on about yeah. like yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean like, I've won yeah. I've won league titles pretty much every single team I've been at like, what are you talking about I am a winner, you know but I get it you know everyone we do do it whatever it's, it's Anglo-centric, Anglo-centric thinking, isn't it? But uh, greatest league in the world, mate. That's it. <laughs> none of that foreign muck. None of that foreign muck. Nah, um, Spurs going into the international break, top of the table. Come on, Spurs! Not joint, not joint top. People going on about Tottenham and Arsenal being joint top. There's one team. This season ended today. Tottenham won the Premier League. We scored more goals than those fuckers. We're top of the table. We're not joint top. Um, not that I'm, you know, annoyed about that or anything. <laughs> How likely, really, mate? I, I mean, are you allowing yourself to dream? How likely are Spurs to to be in the mix at the end of the year? Do you, do you, I mean, have you seen enough from us now to actually think, you know what? This isn't a new manager bounce. This isn't luck. We're we're making a fist of this. I've, I mean, I've, I've, I think if, like we were saying, if this level of football continues and if this team of players can be put out week after week uh, and can keep playing like this then I absolutely think we we will be in the mix to be I don't know with it, right right at the top I would expect us to finish really well I, are we title contenders like it's so early I obviously, obviously yeah I like <laughs> I've allowed myself to pass that thought through my head um I think that this start. I think that this the main team we've got is good enough to take on anyone. So in theory, yeah, of course we, of course we could be title contenders mathematically, sportingly. It's all possible. Um, so much of it depends on on injuries and fitness. Uh, I, I think you know we've obviously got African Cup of Nations to come where we we might lose our entire midfield. Um, all these sorts of things, and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, so I try not to get like because I remember again like Arsenal basically thought they'd won the league since the third game last year and I thought that was stupid so I'm trying not to do it myself but I don't know man like this you sort of look at this team and you think well okay I haven't really seen the I haven't seen why not I mean I'm waiting for the the, I'm waiting for the really bad result or the really bad performance or or something bad to happen that's like oh okay that's the reason why we can't do it I, I, there's no reason why they can't. There's so much football to play, so there's so much that can happen. Right now, if this carries on like this, then 
who fucking knows what could happen? Who knows? Like, let's put it this way: Did you did you happen to watch City against Arsenal yesterday? Uh, I watched the first half. Yeah, I mean, did you really look at either of those teams and think, wow? I mean, they're miles better than Spurs. I, I, I mean, the way I would look at this is a few, few years back when it was Liverpool against City competing for the title. I was looking at those two in awe, thinking, oh my god, we are. We're a decade away from being this good again. These teams are absolutely unbelievable. Now with City and City and Arsenal, we've played Liverpool as well. All three of those supposedly being the best teams in the country, I don't look at them and think they are better than I don't think they're at all better than us. That's the thing, any of them. I agree. I agree. No, I I think Arsenal look worse than they, they, they looked last year. I mean, they're still unbeaten. They're still obviously a very good team. I think they definitely will be. Um, in the title race but there's something about them that isn't clicking now it may just all fall together you know that Arteta may work it out or, or it may not either way they're, they're a great team City obviously you know they don't have Rodri at the moment you know, Kevin De Bruyne so they've got some sort of deficiencies and you always back Pep to sort of figure it out um, but no they don't they, they're not playing that sort of like you're sort of saying that sort of eye-watering brand of football that's been the last couple of seasons like fucking hell that's absolutely blow me away they haven't I mean I think Liverpool as well I, I, they they look better than, than they did they look much better than they did but not like massive you know I, I, I'm i not scared of them that's the thing I wouldn't be scared to play any of these teams I would expect us. I also wouldn't be like we're definitely going to beat them we're definitely no, take points. Yeah. they could you know could play City they could <laughs> might well beat us but I wouldn't be scared I wouldn't be I fucking watch this from behind the sofa I, I do just think it's it's so dependent on on whether we keep our squad um, fit and healthy and, and all together it's basically that it's the fit it's the I think it's the fitness if you look at I guess obviously City have got a lot of strength and depth and Arsenal do as well I mean they you know basically you know you can lose uh, Martinelli and bring on Trossard and and, and that's so you know for example and they've got people like Salah blah, blah blah so I don't know I'd say they both got a bit more depth than us but First eleven versus first eleven, absolutely. They're both playing a lot more games than us this year as well. That's uh, that's, true. that's the other part that's of it. True. You know, that's one of those things I need to keep reminding myself of. But are you? I mean, mate, are you mentally, physically, spiritually strong enough for a North London <laughs> potential title race? I mean, the the risk reward side of this is. I mean, it's got to be one of the most stark in all of football, right? I I don't have the I just I worry about yeah my sort of mental health <laughs> over the year, but but, but literally right you know <laughs> no yeah no literally I, I I'm already sort of look yeah I I last season was absolutely horrific I hated it not just because we were shit but because Arsenal was so good and they were getting so close and the relief when it when it became apparent that they weren't going to do it like I was just I mean when it looked like they could really do it I thought this is going to be the worst fucking thing that has ever happened and if I add us if we had been in the mix as well even worse even worse so if we're in the mix and they do it then fucking hell I don't even know but do you know what that's that's I think that's the I think that's the difference between us and elite elite sports (laughs) but I reckon the players will be (laughs) just that just that one difference (laughs) just that one thing that one little thing Uh, but I I reckon I don't know look at our team I think they'd probably really fucking relish that I think they'd relish that sort of pressure Um, so maybe that's maybe that would be good for them it it, it is risk versus reward though isn't it you have to you have to see the fear to have the real joy and there would be nothing better in the world than to pip them to the post but that is getting ahead of ourselves but I mean, yeah, I mean, 
it would be it would be i'll be happy for the rest of my life obviously but, I mean, but mate, imagine like you know city uh, was it their first premier league title i think the aguero one when mm. they beat manchester united on the final day of the season the final kick of the season yeah. to beat their most hated rivals who have you know sneered at them for their entire lives as football supporters they beat them can you, can you, can you actually imagine some sort of scenario happening where Tottenham do that to Arsenal goes to the final day I mean how I think I honestly think I'd die you know like I think I think just right there that would be it it would be gone you know because I can't imagine how I would how I would continue to have my heart beating (laughs) if in the 96th minute James Madison slaps on into the top corner or something knowing that Arsenal have finished their game they're they're winning why am I doing this why am I doing this right now it's October (laughs) (laughs) you can't help but get carried away as a football fan but yeah I mean like it would be the great I still sometimes just I'll be sitting there and I'll just sort of drift off and look into the distance and I'll just be thinking about the Ajax game still that was just a semi-final that's still happening like uh, yeah it would be amazing but you know let's see I've I've already got the the game at Anfield penciled as a sort of massive fucking harp I think that's that's uh, that that would be the narrative they'll be so hungry to fuck us yeah that would be when they'll ruin our title dreams or what I don't know perennially uh, negative about the whole thing but um i don't know man <laughs> it could happen it's 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 just it's a bit it's a bit different isn't it? i wanted to ask you on this point mate as well um because you know in these situations we talk about the aguero moment and all this there's always that that oft used trope you couldn't write this <laughs> do you i mean do you do you take this as a bit of a personal attack mate i i, I don't know if you've ever seen that fame the, the semi-famous infamous should we say i don't think infamous is a word but the sort of memed I think somebody wrote a letter into the Metro being like can mm. football commentators please stop saying you couldn't write this if people can envisage a world where there's like <laughs> sentient <laughs> robots using humans as batteries I'm sure they can write about a last minute Gary Taylor Fletcher girl right? <laughs> I've seen that yeah it's true and it's always when it is exactly what you would write as well like <laughs> the the most of it like oh you've overcome a bit of adversity have you yeah <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> come back win. Uh, the old hero, arc, eh? Way. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah, it's a bit, it's an offensive trope to screenwriters. I, but I, I mean, sport is a very uh, a difficult thing to write. I was, um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it, but I got quite close to doing a, a, a working on a film um, for a big... Uh, uh, film what are they called production company and they wanted to do a football like it was the Americans but they wanted to do a soccer movie and they wanted to use um, a real life team and they wanted to sort of just do like a kind of just I don't know just like a sort of fictitious football so, you know the season of one sort of team and you'd follow them and I don't know go to like Champions League glory or whatever uh, but they wanted to use a real team and, and, and it was like just trying to sort of sit down and be like well, how would you actually write the sort of the best season ever like what would you you know how would you do like a sort of Leicester Premier League run or would you do like a I don't know you know I was sort of feeling all my my pitch was which I'm glad we didn't do was like oh we should do it about Brighton and and we should do it back because they're quite a plucky little team and this is like pre-deserving like they're quite likeable 
um, unless you're a Palace fan. They're quite likable. They, you know, they, they play quite nice football. And I was like, you know, you could do it. And they could like, maybe they could qualify for Europe. Like it would never happen, but they could qualify for Europe. And then it'd be all about the players sort of get used to that. But I was so glad we didn't do it because I'd be stuck now trying to write a, which is a, a film about the thing which is basically happening in real life and trying to find interesting and you know i don't know exciting twists and turns um for my for my brighton and hope albion movie if i dropped out hopefully it's quite an interesting take to do that though using a real team for for something like that because it's you know especially if it's spurs if you if you were using spurs in that instance and having them you know win the double or win the champions league or something can you imagine all the all the rival fans? Like they'd be using those screen grabs, wouldn't they, from the steals from the film, being like, "This is the time Tottenham <laughs> actually won something," you know? You'd be creating a ninety-minute meme for all of your huge marketability. To be, to be fair, I know that's uh, you know I understand that's key to key to your industry, mate, isn't it? That's kind of one of the the the, the hurdles you have to overcome now, isn't it? Yeah, it's well, it's massive, and it, you know the Americans, I think, want to want to tap its growing business out there but uh yeah i don't really know how you make a hollywood how, i don't know how you make a hollywood tottenham movie well maybe this season will be it maybe this will be the you know we'll i don't know we'll get, get brad pitt come and play Ange. <laughs> so, <laughs> has that leicester film ever happened you know because that was that apparently got option didn't it that they were going to make one of the leicester run they were weren't they i've not heard anything about it dean gaffney as jamie vardy and all that wasn't it i think it's the... <laughs> going to be the star <laughs> <Cathars. Yeah. laughs> I think I think the moment might have passed but you never know, you never know. Still be. how's everything else mate Lazarus Project season 2 coming out soon isn't it Lazarus Project yeah that is coming out in November so we're just we're just finishing all of that up at the moment like uh, it's very tight um, so we're really really up against it but yeah that's coming out soon hope uh, on, on Sky Hopefully it'll be good. I actually watched the first, the finished episode one of it the other day, and I was, I was happy with it. So I'm quite I'm quite pleased quite pleased with that. And I've got a um, what else going on? I've got another. I've got a new show that starts filming on Mon a week on Monday. Wait, is it Monday today? It is Monday today. Okay, a week today we start shooting, which is like a sort of big Netflix um, spy show with Kira Knightley. That's coming out, and I've got a. Netflix of action movie with Mark Wahlberg and Halle Berry, and that's going to come out some point next year, I think. So that's, but it's yeah, it's all it's all coming together. Busy, busy time, busy time, but still, maybe still got time to fit in that Tottenham Champions League winning film as well, mate. Get that, get that in there. Do you know what I mean? We'll do, yeah, we'll do the little, we'll do Spurs', Spurs, Spurs little trip to Europe. That would be good, man. It'd be good. I want to think on um the Mark Wahlberg thing. I got so close to to being sort of the greatest the greatest dad ever but it felt, the, the producer of that film called me up and he's like ah oh, Mark was playing golf with Harry Kane and um, I was going to get him to call you I was going to get Harry Kane to call you and, and chat, chat to your son uh, but I didn't oh, <laughs> I was just like yeah, cheers I was like, oh, thanks mate <laughs> yeah. thanks, thanks for the thought <laughs> it's, it's, it's that kind of the old bullseye here's what you could have won thing isn't it's it what, like, yeah. I was like yeah that would have been incredible yeah. <laughs> but it didn't happen so but I, I was like telling my kid like guess what in another universe yeah <laughs> in the metaverse there's a there's a very happy version of you somewhere but, yeah unfortunately you're stuck in this one where yeah. Tottenham lose the title to Arsenal on the last day of the season you know, yeah. enjoy your lunch let's hope not oh, also 
Have you? Uh, have you? I've got. I've got to ask, mate, as well. I don't know if you can talk about it or not. But have you managed to fit any other Tottenham Easter eggs into any of these things that you've done? Because I know that's that's one of your signatures, isn't it? Is there a, you know, somebody called Kulusevski in there anywhere or anything? <laughs> Always try and get some Spurs references. Yeah, there's a couple in, in the Lazarus Project series too. Actually, one of the because the, there's a whole sort of time travel thing, so they actually end up back in uh, 2018, and so uh, the big sort of speech about how. Um, or De Virard and Vertonghen are still playing for Tottenham because the lead characters are uh, Spurs fans, so he gets very excited. And there's a little Champions League final moment as well, and and, and that. So yeah, I think almost like there's too many Spurs references in this series. It's <laughs> it's noticeable. Rebroff obviously being one of the big ones as well. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's great. Right. Um, so on Spurs, I guess to close it out, mate. We've talk- we've spoken about squad depth or lack thereof. We do have January coming up. What would you... I mean, looking at the team as it is now, if, if say, Spurs are going to add a couple of players, which you'd hope that we might, yeah. where do you think we need to strengthen? What what do we need to, to see Spurs carry on this form and, we say it quietly, be in the mix towards the end of the season to maybe win something big? Yeah. Well, I guess... I guess there's, I guess there's a lot of chat, obviously, about... If you're looking at squad depth, obviously, I don't I don't know what our sort of reserve centre backs. Well, I know I know about Dyer, obviously. So you slightly worry, you know, could we could we bring someone else really quality in there? I don't know if it's a priority or not. Midfield, if you Benton Cook coming back soon is is great, mm. but you always want to look, you know, and Lacelso, I don't know. <laughs> could sometimes fail to deceive. I'm not sure, but you know, if Madison. If we lose Madison, do we, you know who's the sort? Of, do we have a sort of exciting replacement? I don't know. I guess the you know Richarlison and the front the front three look a little uh, not light. I don't think, but if you were going to bring someone in, I mean, there's lots of talk about obviously. It's slightly dull the talk because Son's moved into the middle and been so good, but obviously there was lots of like, oh, we're going to gift Orban or, um, you know, Ivan Tony or something. And I'd still love to see us bring in, you know, someone quality like that just to, just to have them. Yeah. There. Um, I mean, Richardson, I thought actually, he did seem to, he has been playing all right on the left. He's obviously sort of, there was a real cloud over the, because of the really obvious sort of missed chances. But I don't know, obviously, like someone like Matoma would be a, would be a dream signing. I don't know if we'd ever be able, be able to get him off Brighton. I think they just tied him down to a new deal as well, so it'd probably be mega money now. Oh, fucking bastard. Well, do you know the other player I like from Brighton is Solly March. Yeah, he's nice, on the isn't side. he? He's actually really good. So He's been with them for years and years, and, and he's one of those players that they've had that has, that has sort of come up. In a, someone was talking about Gary Neville, or someone was talking about how he's improved along with the squad and he's actually really good I and mean, he plays on the right I think he's playing at like left back against um, Liverpool or something ridiculous like that but did he score um, against them as well I think he did didn't he oh did he get one I don't know Maybe, yeah he, he's, he's been he's he's added goals to his game to uh, <laughs> to, to, to spout a cliche but no he's he's a really good player I, I, I like him a lot I, was, I think he feels a bit Ange-like as well he didn't score it was Dunk that scored um, that's what I was thinking of but yeah, he. Do, I mean, I would like that. I, I, it's it's funny on Richardson. I am. I was saying after the game, I'm starting to get to this point where I'm. I really like the guy. I really, really want it to work out for him. I'm just starting to wonder if is he like if he's out of form or if he's just like 
not actually that clinical and we notice it because when we're sort of at this top end of the table we're fighting for every single point for every single win to keep up there to stay up you you just you notice like there's less there's less kind of leniency on players and making mistakes and everything and, we, and to be fair we have been blessed with Hummin Son and Harry Kane for the past near decade yeah. now who seem to score pretty much every single type of goal constantly um, I do just I do have my I'm starting to have my doubts a little bit whether Richarlison is actually that good or not I don't know I, I think yeah I do too I mean, but I I think it's that thing of like if uh, the very best sort of teams they have to have a ruthlessness to them and they yeah. have, you know so you do have to I think he's I think he's a good player and I do think he's I, I like having him in the squad uh, uh, and he seems to blow hot and cold in terms of his finishing and I don't think you can miss those kind of chances in the Premier League on a regular basis at all so I would think like yeah you kind of would want to would want to upgrade him if, if he doesn't come good but on you know on, on you know the other side of that is uh, you know, he's a great. You know, yeah, he's a great goal. He's a great, very popular member of the squad. He's very sort of open about his struggles recently. And like, you know, he was talking about his mental health struggles like two weeks ago, and he sort of scored a goal, and everyone's like, "Wait, well, yeah, that's done then." But it's, it's <laughs> probably not. It's probably not. You know, if he's if he's struggling, and um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I mean, Son had a terrible season last year, and and I was even at times I was like, oh, "Is it time to get rid?" And that would obviously would have been a, a stupid decision. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. But you do feel that that be, I don't know. You don't really look at like Richarlison and Solomon, um, and be like they're like elite elite uh, players. Maybe if that's not too harsh. So maybe it's no. I know what you mean though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Bring like one other player of the level of Son and Kulisevsky. You know. I don't know. But I'm very excited about Brian Hill coming in as well. So I am I. I, just, I really am. I mean? oh. In this system, I, I, I think he's somebody that's been so unfairly kind of maligned by, really, by Spurs fans. So I've, I've always mm. thought he's been all right every time he's come on. People sort of say, oh, he's yeah. lightweight, he's this, he's that. I don't see it. I think it no, seems I, really good. I think he does seem really good. And every time he's played for us, he was great. Actually, that was the Palace game I was thinking about. And he played, he came on and we, I think we won like 3-0 or 4-0 or something. He came on and was brilliant, and then was never seen again. We we loaned him out like the week, the next. Didn't week he get an to... assist or something as well? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He got an assist. He he was fantastic, and um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He, yeah. And Conte could not have that. He could not. He could not have a player who he wanted to. You know. I don't know. I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> I'm just glad that that whole phase is over. Um, international break, mate. Bit annoying, isn't it? But it's nice uh, to have the lads to, to to have a bit of time to to rest. Even though I, I think Sonny is playing a couple of random friendlies, and Jurgen Klinsmann yeah. is, I think, being quite you know staunch in saying that Sonny has to play. But the international breaks are shit, aren't they? I mean, what are you what are you going to be doing other than working? <laughs> what am I doing? Um... I'm going, I've got the uh, BAFTAs next week. I got the Welsh. I got nominated for a Welsh BAFTA. So next weekend I'm going to be in Wales, um, doing that. Are you going to do like a Prince Charles and accept the award in in Welsh? If you, you know, I think when he got sworn in or something, didn't he? he had to speak in, in in Welsh. Oh, did he? Yeah. I, well, I, I take a lot of my cues from him, and so uh, <laughs> <laughs> including the sausagey hands. Yeah. 
Uh, very much so, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be doing that. Is it just the one? Yeah, just one week, is it? And then we're back. It's, we just had an international break. That's the thing. What are they, what are they doing? I don't know. I don't know. God, congrats on both of them. I like just casually, you know, just chucking. Oh, yeah, you know. Been, uh, just, what is it, for Lazarus? It was for Lazarus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we filmed it in Wales, so it, they've got like there's like sort of diff, there's a Welsh BAFTA and a Scottish BAFTA and and that. So yeah, we've, it's it's the it's the Welsh BAFTA. So I'm up going up to Newport to one. Yeah, so that that'd be good, man. It'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be good. Right. Well, um, thanks for coming on, Joe. Good to thanks good to speak me. to you again, mate. No, not at all. And uh, good luck. Good luck with the BAFTA. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.